just want to welcome everybody here to this Palm Sunday. A little different circumstances. We're still dealing with the coronavirus and uh, not able to meet, but we're hoping a lot of you are watching us online today. And uh, it's just a, a great day to celebrate and worship our Lord and Savior. And as we get started today in the message, let's just have a word of prayer and, and let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, just for your incredible love and mercy. Lord, we right now just lift up uh, all those who are affected by this coronavirus. Uh, we just pray for the, the many, many people that are sick with this. We pray for their families. Lord, we also pray for the uh, first responders and all the medical people that are dealing with this crisis that we have. And and uh, just for the, the leaders of our country and state, we just lift them up to you as well. But Lord, we just pray for healing uh, amongst our land today. And we just commit this whole situation in your hands. And right now, as we look into your word, we just pray that it'll be a time that we can just focus on you. And we just thank you for your incredible goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Palm Sunday 2020. It's a lot different than uh, any other Palm Sunday at this point that we celebrated. But I'm going to read some scripture uh, throughout this passage. We're going to talk about what Palm Sunday is all about. And the first passage I want to talk about is Mark chapter 11, which really tells us the story about Palm Sunday. But Mark chapter 11, verses 7 through 10, it says, When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And the story is told, there was a little boy who was sick on Palm Sunday. And so he stayed home from church with his mother. And his father returned from church from that Palm Sunday holding a palm branch. And the little boy was curious and he says, Dad, why do you have that palm branch? What's that about? And the dad said, you see, son, when Jesus came into town, everyone raised, we raised and waved the palm branches to honor him. And so we all got palm branches today. The little boy replies, man, that's a bummer. The one Sunday that I miss is the Sunday that Jesus shows up. Well, I mentioned before, this is Palm Sunday. It's the day taken from the Gospels, where the whole city threw a parade for Jesus. As Jesus rode into that city, the people threw palm branches in anticipation of his coming. That's where we get the word Palm Sunday. That's how we named it. It's a day marked of celebration where Jesus was worshipped and praised. Now, for Christians, this is also a bittersweet time because we know, as we read of this celebration, Palm Sunday, and everyone's excited, we know that Friday's coming. Good Friday. The cross is coming. The crucifixion is coming. And we know that many in this same crowd will, within just a few days, exchange words of praise for words of death. The shouting of Hosanna, Hosanna, is going to become crucify him, crucify him. And so this morning, I want to focus our attention on two services, both of which 
focus upon Jesus. But they also have two different results. And so if you have your Bibles this morning or your Bible app or whatever you're planning on doing today, if you want to turn to two passages, one's from the Gospel of Matthew and the other's from the Gospel of Luke. And so if you turn first of all to Matthew chapter 27, and I just want to read uh, verse 15 and 16. And it says here in, in Matthew chapter 27, Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. Now, place your finger there or keep, a, keep an eye on it. And then turn over to Luke chapter 19. And I just want to read one verse to you, verse 36. And it says, As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Talking about our Palm Sunday. Now, the great evangelist, Billy Graham, has quoted, he's been quoted many times, and I've quoted him many, many times. But he is quoted as to say the greatest mission field in our country today is the local church. It's the people that are already sitting in our churches. Now, if we take a look at that statement, a powerful statement that he made, but one thing I want to get out of this is that many people know what to say when it comes to Christianity. There's a lot of people that know how to say what a Christian is. They even know how to act like it. But when the rubber truly meets the road, they're lacking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no salvation. There's just empty words. And we see a perfect example of that in our passages that we read this morning. Because we see here on that Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into the city, people singing praises, praising God for all of the wonderful miracles that they had seen. A few days later, on Friday, they're shouting, give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. Crucify him. So why the change? Well, I think there's several reasons, many possible reasons, but I think one simple reason is that their words did not match their heart. They possessed a casual, but not a committed relationship with Christ. They had a religion, but they missed the person of Jesus. So how can we have a committed faith? How can we be real and sincere? These people did not have a committed faith. But how can we be consistent in all that we do? So I want to offer us some keys this morning as we talk about this and talk about our faith. And the first key that I want to get across is that a committed faith is not a self-centered faith. It's Christ-centered. Now that sounds obvious. You're saying, well, tell me something I don't know. But often we miss this. Because you see, in America, we tend to say to God, we'll say, hey, God, here's my calendar. Here's my agenda. Here's all that's going on in my life. And now I need to try to squeeze you in here somewhere. Or sometimes it's pulling, uh, pulling God out or I'm going to turn to God only when it's convenient and useful. And so in our passage we see that the people here on that first Palm Sunday, they praised Jesus as he passed by. 
But they praised him for two reasons. They praised him, first of all, for the miracles that they had seen him do. They had watched him heal people. They had watched him feed people. They had praised him because he, in a sense, was serving them. The second reason, I think, they saw Jesus as a way to be politically delivered from the Romans. They wanted to be set free from Rome, just like Israel had been set free from Egypt, and they saw Jesus as that leader. But their praise was tempered with the attitude of, Jesus, what can you do for me? Now, a few days later, after this Palm Sunday, a few days later, at the trial, they see a beaten and a disfigured Jesus, a man who no longer looked as a deliverer or a conqueror. And as words were said about him, they bought into all the lies that they were being told, and they quickly changed their position from praising Jesus, because for them it was all about me, me, me. They're the ones that shouted, crucify him then. Now, there's a legend about an ancient village in Spain. And the villagers there had learned that the king was going to come to their village for a visit. In a thousand years, the king had never come to this particular village. Wow, a king's coming. Excitement is growing. They got together and they said, we got to throw a huge celebration. The king is coming. And so all of the villagers agreed. The problem was they were a very poor village and they didn't have very many resources. So someone came up with a classic idea. They said since many of the villagers made their own wines and and made some great tasting wines, the idea was for everyone in the village to bring a cup of their finest wine to the town square. They said we're going to pour it into a large vat And then we'll offer it to the king for his pleasure. They said when the king draws wine from that and drinks it, it'll be the best wine that he's ever tasted. Well, the day before the king's arrival, hundreds of people lined up to take their cup that they had brought of their wine, walk up the stairways and pour it into the vat. And finally, as the last ones poured it, the vat was full. The next day, the king arrives. He's escorted to the square. He's given this great silver cup. And he's told to draw some wine, which represented the best that the villagers had. So as he placed that cup under the spigot and he turned it on, he then took the cup and he drank from it. But it was nothing more than water. Because you see, every villager had reasoned okay, I'll just withhold my finest wine and I'll just substitute it with water because with so many cups of wine in the vat, nobody will notice. The king will never know the difference. The problem was everyone thought the same thing and so the king was greatly dishonored. So today, Palm Sunday, 2020, you need to choose to honor our great king, Jesus by giving him our very best, withholding nothing, giving him our all. A second key that we see that a committed faith has 
is a committed faith has a relationship with Christ. Is a relationship driven. You see, many of those who gather to throw their coats and palm branches onto the streets and who shouted praises did so because it was the popular thing to do. It became trendy. Just that brief moment. There might have been some that were doing it with sincere motives. But others did it. Praise Jesus just because others were doing it. A few days later at the trial, shouting crucify him was the thing to do. In fact, for a brief moment, it was, it was the popular thing to do was to make a mass murderer and a criminal in Barabbas their hero. They started shouting, we want Barabbas. In our own lives, a committed faith comes only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's where every day is fresh. Every day is new as God personally directs our steps. So in order to have a committed faith, we have to develop and maintain a personal relationship with Jesus. And a third key is that committed faith is not swayed or blocked by the trials that we go through or the crisis that we might face. At the parade, and I've mentioned it, it was trendy to offer praise. Everybody's doing it. But at the trial, if you were to speak out for Jesus, it would become very risky for you. It could even mean your life. It was life-threatening. So you see, many of us come to Jesus expecting everything to just go good all the time. Or maybe we think, I'll take some of the slightly bad stuff, but not much of it because Jesus is here. The problem is, is when the bottom drops out of our lives, we tend to often ask, God, why is this happening? We're thinking that it's not supposed to happen this way. But you see, if our faith is based on our situations or our circumstances, it'll never be a committed faith. It will always just be casual. Now, in my short life, the few years that I have lived here, but I've gone to some big Christian events that have happened. Many of them pack large stadiums. I remember going to when the Promise Keeper movement was, was happening uh, years ago. I remember taking groups of men to Mile High Stadium and places just packed. Praises for God were just rocking the entire arena. Everybody's praising God. But I remember sitting there thinking, and, and we talked about this on our way home, returning while everyone's were just glowing from the worship that was there. And we all talked about how easy it is to do there. How easy it, when everybody gets together in this large stadium, it's exciting and it's easy to praise God. But then we start thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to face the hard task. <laughs> we're going to be in the world where not all is praising God. But in fact, there's a lot of places that are mocking or they're laughing at Christianity or there's a lot of people that are really angry at God. You see, a committed faith takes the good with the bad, knowing that all we are ever promised in the midst 
of both our good and bad is that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus will always be there to stand with us. Story is told of a little girl who, while walking in a garden, she noticed a particularly beautiful flower. She admired the flower for its beauty and she smelled it and enjoyed the fragrance of it. And, and she's looking at it saying, oh, it's just so pretty. But as she gazed on this flower, she looked down the stem and then she noticed that it went into the dirt. And she said, this flower is too, bur- too, too pretty to have dirt. And so she just pulls it up by the root and she goes over and she washes off all of the dirt And it wasn't long until the flower just wilted and died. The problem was when the gardener came and she saw what the little girl had done, he exclaims, you've destroyed my finest flower. And the little girl says, I'm sorry. But she says, I didn't like it in that dirt. The gardener replied, I chose that spot. I mixed the soil because I knew only there could that plant grow to become a beautiful flower. God has placed each one of us exactly where we are. We must trust him. And in trusting, we eventually see that he is using the pressures that we go through, the trials that we are facing, the difficulties that we have in our lives, he's using those to bring us to a new degree of spiritual beauty. True contentment comes when we accept what God is doing in our lives and we thank him for it. So this morning, I just want to ask you this question on this Palm Sunday. Is your faith a casual faith or is it a committed faith? We're approaching this week where Jesus suffered incredibly for us. We remember all that he went through on the cross for each one of us. It's a a week in where our sins, whether they were past, present, or future, were nailed onto that cross. And this morning I'm saying, doesn't Jesus deserve a second look? Doesn't Jesus deserve to have control over your whole life? Doesn't he deserve a personal relationship with you? So this week, this holy week we call it, consider it all. And I'm asking you to choose to give it all to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here uh, that's watching, listening, Lord, whatever the case might be in their situation, Lord, I just pray that if they do not know you, or maybe they've been lax and maybe been a little more casual in their relationship with you, Lord, I just pray that you speak to them. Just allow them a new, fresh relationship with you. And Lord, I just pray if there's anyone out there that just needs help, that they'll just cry to you, Lord. But Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And I just pray that you bless each one. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for, for listening this morning to the, to the message. And, and just trust that if there's anything going on in your life that you're not sure about, or maybe you just want to talk, maybe you're just lonely right now, that everyone being quarantined. 
But whatever the case might be, call us. Call me, call Pastor Scott, call, call the church office. We'd be happy to talk with you and pray with you and, and help out whatever need you might have. So again, thank you for joining us this morning. And I just uh, trust that you will have just a great week.